Welcome to the Watchman Podcast by Bleed TV. I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We're down, Jake, tonight, but we're going to keep rolling on. Um, this was episode six called... This Extraordinary Bean. There you go. There you go. Um, and uh, I got to say, he is an extraordinary bean after everything that we just got <laughs> done witnessing. It was a fantastic time. Um, I'm going to go with a very extraordinarily unique episode. Yes. I'm not going to say it's an extraordinary episode, I'm going to say it's extraordinarily unique. They uh, they copied a lot of things I've seen in a couple other films. Like I was trying to initially think about these pills and everything, and then when we went back, I don't know if you ever were big in the Harry Potter or anything, but the Prisoner of Azkaban, they kind of had some of these fade-ins and jumping from color to black and white and interacting yeah. in it. Um, I, kudos to cinematography. It, it was kudos. something that we've seen. This is what we come to HBO for. Like, right. I mean, we've talked about it on multiple different shows the cinematography and the risks they take. Yes. Um, I, I really, really liked, you know, it almost had a little bit of a sin city vibe. You Ooh, know, you know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of what I really, you know, like it gave color when it needed it mm -hmm. and it didn't it kept a black and white when it didn't, you know what I mean? And, and then had the that way vibe. the blood was jumping out on you on screen right. and everything, and very it, comic booky, you know, and it's an older era. This is the 1930s and forties and even Sin City, not that old, but older where, you know, it still had that feel, you know, so like, uh, grit and uh, noir. Yeah. You know, so in which I'm a huge Sin City fan. I love the, the original movie. I thought it was great. The second one, not so much. Yeah. I was about to say the first one is set on yeah. a bar by itself. Yeah. Go Marv. Um, but anyway, like that's that I had that feel, so I enjoyed that. I was worried about the episode from last week when Jake and I spoke last week when you were gone. You know, I when I saw the preview, I was like, "Oh man, I'm, this this has the potential of being way too overdone." Where you, if you have a female character, a bar trying to portray a man through the entire time, mm -hmm. they did it very well this time of giving him a lot of the screening, but then they sneak a bar in there once in a while to give you for, remind the viewer. And it was mostly all talking, which was the interesting thing, right? Like yeah. it would just her interjecting her voice and everything obviously we see her and stuff but like he turned away then come back i'm not angry it's like ooh, that was that was a sneaky way of doing this <laughs> yeah I, I agree and um you know and it, it was a cool it was a cool cool way to show how hooded justice kind of came around it's to me it was very believable i thought it was uh unique um I can only I would ask a couple little things that I was a little kind of curious about. Um, you know, the guy is very angry. I get that. Um, I almost wish there was just a little bit in there of like showing some like fight skills. Because when you're some in a room, yeah, anything. something that shows that he had the ability to walk into a room of five people and come out as the as the victor. Yes, even like, if you are a big bad Joker, this that or so on, five and one is a which is he's a, not. Like, I mean, he's yeah. obviously a bigger person. But like he's not jacked to the gills or anything, right? You know? know, and we're not we're not watching you know uh, John Wick. So I mean, like th to me, like like I mean, they did the cinema, they did the action scenes really the, well. The choreography yeah, he would, was great and everything yeah. with it, but I hate that it falls into like the old action kind of movie where it's all one at a time. Correct. You like, know, like we've seen so many other shows. Like I, I don't want to compare it to like an Into the Badlands or some of the other fighting shows that we've done. But they've gotten a lot better at throwing two or three people, and you have to be the extraordinary fighter. 
Now well, maybe it is. You like, have to have an extraordinary skill, or or obviously show skills that make you better, even yeah. if you have a group in front of you. But maybe with this being back in the 30s and 40s and stuff like that, that it was more reasonable to believe it was a one-on-one fight, a little bit more mano-a-mano. I guess I don't know. It just like I said, I'm, I'm reaching for it, but like I mean, I can kind of see it, and that's why. But I w- yeah. I'm with you. I would have yeah. loved like a five-on-one. I just training scene or something like that or you show that there was some kind of background like you know that if he went through um the cadet school Mm -hmm. or whatever that you know he was top of his class for hand-to-hand combat or something you know what i mean like give me a little nugget that makes me feel good about besides pure anger and rage exactly um plus you're wearing a hood now i don't you know i have never wore a hood no (laughs) <clears throat> Let me correct re- re- that carefully. I've had masks and other things that have, I have, have wore a my... ski mask that has the same holes in it, mm-hmm. this there, so on. And I can tell you now, I constantly adjusted it, even when I'm just barely doing little and minor things. When I was doing it, when yeah. I if I you're turning to... sideways, you're worried about that thing coming and covering up like exactly. Your eye you know, or so, and he's wearing a loose hood mm-hmm. with holes in it. So to me, his vision is obscured. 24 so it is, is rather constantly thin, but like when you're fighting and then you've, he's also got this makeup that's gonna drip like yeah there's a, there, there's a lot of things i mean like i know we're overemphasizing detail here but i just want you to, it just adds more credence to if there's five on one and you've got a hood on and your vision is not a hundred percent peripheral and everything else to me that's a negative and so i, I don't know you know but besides that i'm gonna say the whole background of them fantastic yeah i really and do i mean like the i think we tied it in really well with the beginning of the season with the whole show it's like okay this is starting to make well, this closes the gap completely for hooded justice will reeves from the man in the wheelchair mm-hmm. to you know to his background to where we are now and solve it take you know scoops up the breadcrumbs and says here it is yes this you is what, what we mean? asked for this is great writing this right. is what and we so, asked for in anything that we watch um the only thing I'm upset about the episode, just absolutely pissed off about, is is that I did not get to find out how Looking Glass is. No, and that really, you know, like my wife and I were like, "All right, I just need two minutes. Tell me how Looking Glass is doing, and we're good." No, we literally do Will Reeves' story the entire episode. You yeah, know, maybe not. twenty seconds of Lady True basically saving, you know, saving her. And we don't even know how she got into this hospital or this room with this medicine with Lady True. So I mean, my answer um, is just Lady True. Like I mean, that's right. pretty much all it comes down to. But so I, I I don't know, but yeah, not finding out about Looking Glass really bothers me. It really bothers me. So and you know they they and better I bet you'll be about ten minutes before we even get to it in the next episode. Like uh, they won't lead with them. No, I'm that which be pissed I can off. I am going to be pissed off. Um, but as for this episode, again, he's mad. I've got um, a lot more respect for his costume and everything. I, I, I even hate to call it a costume for seeing what he went through to get it. True that. Yeah, you that, know, that. And I mean, and then the significance of that tree and everything when he comes back for it, it was like, okay, you know, it is, God, it's weird to say like nice or something that we come back, sentimental to come back to that point for it all. Well, it definitely has a poignant memory of his history. Yes. But... You know, you you bring up the cadet school as soon as he's graduating and everything, and he's sitting next. You know, two people in front of him. Bam, get the badge. Pleasure. Good luck. You know, the next person gets it, and then you know he gets all excited. You see him stand up a little bit straighter. Skip over. I'm like, did he not graduate? <laughs> yeah. You know. You know well, you know, it's just they they really honed in on the racism. 
of the you know the late 30s I guess early 40s and this is Chicago and I mean just like when he watched the guy firebomb a Jewish deli you know Molotov cocktail I mean yeah. you, you gotta you gotta get it cr- come correct whenever the few times we get to use it these days well I mean if you if you it's it's just blatantly obvious that you know this guy's gonna be a part of Something. some kind of Nazi white supremacist because guess what he's firebombing a Jewish deli in, you know? I mean I don't want to say broad daily because it's at night but just I mean not like, a care in the world completely brazen and gotta get home and uh, catch the episode before it starts like seriously right. but he, we had heard I heard Cyclones when he was uh, being in, inducted and you said Cyclops I think it's Cyclops because like I said the emblem shows yes. a single eye so. and it definitely becomes Cyclops and everything and then we see him in the uh Precinct after he gets arrested and stuff, throws up the sign, throws up the symbol, you know. Because like initially, I'm like, okay, you know, he's going to stand with Will, you know, we got this. But then as soon as you see that, it's like, uh oh, something's afoot here. I don't like it. Yeah, it just, it all had a stink to it. Um, Absolutely. And then like he gets in, like I just didn't. These are heavy steel doors. Like you're not going to be able to just reach in through the eye peep hole, like you know the big yeah, metal slate yeah. thing. You're not kicking one of those doors in. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, like I hate to nitpick on something like that, but it's just something that doesn't happen. But it was cool seeing him. You know, we have the five-on-one five fight that we've been harping on the entire time. Looks really good. It does, and you know, and of course, you, you know, they get the, the the book that shows all these locations and different things, and you get the book and mesmerize. Um, and then he ends up in the storefront with the same guy that he arrested before, almost shoots him with a shotgun, and a really cool visual and cinematography of him going through this glass. Exactly. Like, this is all I wanted to talk about as soon as I started down this road because the way we do 360s around him, seeing the shards of glass slowly move and everything, oh, my God. This was very Matrix-esque. Yes. You know, very good job of being able to do a dynamic camera swing. Uh, with glass and this and so on, it, it was pretty sweet. And I mean, this was a solid thirty-second shot. Like, I mean, we, it was, it was. We stayed there for a minute, and I really appreciate seeing everything. No doubt. So let's get to the most controversial thing that happened in the episode. Is is that Will Reeves and June get approached by Captain Metropolis? Yep. And they're recruiting, you know, Hooded Justice, not realizing that Will is supposedly. Mm-hmm. And then we cut away to a scene where Will and Captain Metropolis are are having a good time, and he's got his back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of out of nowhere. Initially out well. of nowhere. <laughs> See, to me, like I wasn't expecting this because I thought when they were doing the movie scene, when they were doing the movie series, you know. Of them wearing costumes and Captain Metropolis is like, oh, I know you're beautiful under that hood. Take your hood off and da 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 da. I thought that was a propaganda. Yeah, you know, I thought this is a way of diminishing the Minutemen or doing different things and so on. But from when they put this then the scene in here to give it credence, it was like, okay, wow, um, not expected, not expected at all. Um, and then you know he gets to introduce himself as part of this group. Of course, they do a good job of blurring out the rest of the Minutemen. Do you mm-hmm. notice that? Like the comedian and all them um, are not visible. You know, so you don't distinct who the characters are. Um, and you find out real quick that it's he's being used for propaganda himself. Oh, you, know? like it, you see it immediately because he's like, oh, you've always got to be covered. Some of them won't be as receptive. 
to you mm-hmm. being who you are and everything. So, I mean, he's like, he's got the folder with the, the Cyclops on it, and they're like, oh, he's a great mastermind, bad guy. We got to go save the world. He's not even allowed to say what he's talking about. So they just want it. It's more of a publicity stuff. And then, of course, they unveiled the, the community bank paid for dollar bill. Yep. You know, so you realize this is all for media, money, fame, and not the actual crime fighting so much you know uh, maybe not initially or at least parts of them where they're looking crime at the financial took an instant, like, instant backseat like it's probably it's like, a financial institution and um and dollar bills holding a picture of a um, holding a black boy yeah you know in restraint i mean like and this is a bank ad you know what i mean so it's just it looks bad it looks real bad and he's still having to wear the makeup to be a white guy under hooded justice you know I mean, just like when they do the the promo at the very beginning of the show where you have these two cops talking to Hood of Justice saying, you're a hero. It started with you. You just take that mask off, you know, and, you know, you go get these pictures and blah, 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 blah. And he says, all right, take cheese. And then he beats the ever-living dog piss well, out of him. How about that fight scene? Well, like, were, at first I was just like, why would he even take his mask off or anything? Yeah, I, you know, but I think that was on purpose yeah. for the purpose of this episode. To well, show you that they, everybody believes still a white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the fight scene was great. I mean, like blood everywhere for every punch this guy's throwing. Seeing was epic. like the chair splinters come out and everything. Uh, yeah. like, oh my god! It was it was rad. I, to me, it was one of my favorite parts of the entire episode. Was that, that I would say fight. series like so far really? It was really really cool. That you know, just to have that kind of you know ultra violent, and then of course the catch finally, cheese. Jeez. You know, <laughs> well, and right after he does like the old three stooges, grab the two heads, but yeah, a little bit more violent and everything. Blood. It, yeah, I would have almost like curdling. 3D glasses for this fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt. But um, so I think he realizes he's getting played, and he ends up at that warehouse where after the projector with the, all these. All right, another example of terrible racism. They're in a theater where evidently it's predominantly African American, and people are coming out, and they're all covered in blood, and have evidently beat and harmed themselves from the mesmerizing projector. And one of the cops goes, maybe you need to get in there, Will. They, you speak their language. Or, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. man. Punch him in the throat now. Yeah. And tell him, eat this language. <laughs> um, and he goes in, and of course, he sees a projector, and he follows it, at least to the warehouse. And then, of course, conveniently runs into the same shop owner who mm-hmm. happens to own this said warehouse and just point blank blows his head off. Best way to handle it. And it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, this is the same. I don't people really realize that the guy he shot is the same actor who was the bad guy in the original True Detective. He oh. was the friend in the new Joker movie that gave Joker the gun that got him yes, in so much what? trouble. And then he's in this. He, he's really he's in this HBO thing. So the guy's making some cred now. I mean, and if you have not seen episode, season one of True Detective or season three of True Detective, no, you not are missing that out. Season two, huh? <laughs> that season two was a dumpster fire. They just AKA Vince Vaughn trying to do a serious role. Dumpster fire. <laughs> okay, um, but no, season one is without that one of the best. One of the best seasons. ever. Of just pure yeah, television. and season three ain't far behind. Yeah. It is good, man. Steven Dorff and uh, the other guy I can't remember his name, but and then of course there are some other characters in there. It is just dynamic. Um, and also, if you haven't seen the Joker, go see that. That was uh, interesting. Joker flick. is good to go see if you want to see a singular actor excel in a movie designed for a singular character. Okay. 
Well, because period. That, was, I, if you don't want, if you movie, want more than that, you're gonna be disappointed. He did this movie on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. I'll have to put it in the tagline as well, because uh, Kelly had told me about it. Yeah, and it was a singular thing, just like this, and he was like a hitman almost. Really weird. Yeah. So I mean, like this is almost like if you go to a one man theater show, they just turned into a movie for him. Yeah. I mean, he literally is never off screen. It's for, the camera never leaves him for more than ten seconds. Yeah, if that. And which so, also, if you look closely, the clocks are all the same. Hmm. Time is the same throughout the entire movie. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of little eggs. Oh yeah, yeah, all through it. But but okay, back to uh, Minutemen. Anyway, he greases the guy we talked about. Walks inside this warehouse, and this is what makes me happy. There are five people in there. He shoots all of them once. One guy is still murmuring. He walks over and finishes them off. So what does that mean? He used all six rounds of a revolver. Mm-hmm. He walks into the projector room, and the gun clicks because it's empty. And you, right before he even walks in, you go, what are you doing? You're out of ammo. I said it while we were watching it. Yep. And I said, I'll be damned if that gun fires. Because I'm going to be pissed. And it wasn't. And see, this is when somebody takes the time to do things right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There you know, ain't no seven-shot revolver. You know what I mean? You know, that they were, especially when it was police issue Chicago. Um, so I, I really, really appreciate that. I really, really do. Um, on the other side, Will Reeves was using a set of binoculars. I'm yeah. not positive. Existed. Existed in, in 1939, 1940. I'm going to have to do some homework on that. Yep. But that pair of binoculars he was rocking there, I'm very curious. They, they I, looked... They looked a little more modern than 1939. Yeah. Could be wrong. I'm going to go back and look at it. Is it you know, somebody else knows. Yeah. Maybe binoculars haven't changed much in the Maybe they haven't. Years. I don't know. Who knows? But Google knows. Google knows. I don't know. Like I know they had binoculars then. But I mean, these more, were but these look like uh, the ones I used to see when I was growing up because my parents had a pair. Yeah, like you said, maybe the times just haven't changed over forty years. Anyway, um, goes inside, greases all of them, sh- chokes out the last one. Of course, the last one's the significant guy, the one that was hung him up and mm-hmm. for the modern day lynching, and sets him on fire and says, "Adios, biatches," you know. It was like, well done. Yes, this was well done. And like I said, the visual of him watching the fire in the warehouse, very Sin Sin Mm City-ish. It was great. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Um, And just, you know, it was strong. It was a good way to kind of wrap up that whole, you know, know, vengeance or – you know, to seal who the character was and show what kind of you know, capabilities. I mean, he literally went in there and killed six people, seven total, cold blood. Yep. Not not even be a sweat no. about it. You know, didn't blink an eye, you know, obviously doesn't affect him, you know, so on. It's just, this was a really good episode. My problem with it is it ultimately didn't really lead us anywhere. And I really wish this was like a extra credit kind of scene. Yeah, because like, I don't know if it was needed to make the story go. Okay, forward. we we figure out who Hood Adjust is, and it took forty five minutes of the episode. The things that were dynamic, of course, the the movie propaganda, you know, the fight scene with them, mm-hmm. but then also they closed the ties of how Judd died. That's you know, true. You know, he used a mesmerizing strobe flashlight to make him do what we what to be told to do. You know what I mean? And you do learn it was a grandfather's heirloom. It wasn't a 
You know, it's a legacy, not something he was, you know, just on, but he kills him anyway. However, it shows how Judd died, but it doesn't show why he died. Yeah, why he was chosen. Why he was selected. Well, you know, just because he has this in his closet doesn't mean that's him. No. You know, just like he said, well, that he, was my grandfather, that's my legacy. You know? I'm free to do with it as I will. He's like, well, if it's not you, you would have hidden it better. Like, what? Like, yeah, I, I get that, was, that still, but so I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, like we didn't go back to see if like that was one of his uh, relatives that would he was fighting with or anything. Like we don't know if that was his dad or his grandfather or anything like that. So I don't know. And I thought maybe that the captain or the police chief, whoever it was, might have been was his doing, dad. Might have been his dad or grandfather when they did the night when they did the the ceremony for the officers. But the other thing is like, wait a minute. As Chicago, and does you know was his dad a Chicago police officer, or was this was this a legacy of life in Tulsa? Was it you know a sheriff in Tulsa? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, there was nothing that said, "Oh, look at me, we're the same" or whatever. Could so, be wrong. I mean, I think we're still going to get the why on Judd. Like it's just, I hope so. I hate that it wasn't put into this episode because then, it, like, it really just didn't push it any further. Right. So that's going to be a little bit of a problem. For a little me. bit of a problem. And then, of course, we got to figure out what happened to June and his son. Because she left and went back to Tulsa. Because that's where she said she was mm-hmm. going. Um, and then, but, and so if they're going back and he's raised in Tulsa, how is she born in Vietnam? Is it, is it Does he become a soldier and get sent over there for the war? And was then, she born in Vietnam or just stationed in Vietnam? I thought she was just stationed over there. Maybe stationed. I don't yeah. know. I know she, you know. Yeah, I think uh, she was she she's from there and everything. So I'm not positive on that. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, so there'll be a little connection there, which means they're going to give us maybe more history and background. Yep. Because on the next episode preview, it does show where like A-Bar is a young girl and you know some things there. So I'm sure we'll get what, the badness of Vietnam and everything, you know. I definitely think that's going to be playing a part, and hopefully, some more Lady True background. Yeah, uh, I think there might be a little in there. It might be a mixture, um, and of course, we're going to get to evidently get this trial for you know Adrian, you know Ozymandias, and so uh, the warden's got the whole big hair, and the whole entire gallery is nothing but you know Mister <laughs> Phillips and the girl, and that's he's in his be full a fun suit. Or a fun yeah, scene at least. I have no, I have no doubt I'll be getting a lot of humor out of this situation. But the Dagon preview also didn't show us anything about Looking Glass. No. And I'll be damned if we don't if get some we answers. If we go an extra gonna, week without man, seeing anything about them. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to start tweeting bad things and send <laughs> HBO negative thoughts. It's going to be rough. But I mean, I, and I really think we probably won't hear about him until halfway through the episode. Shut your mouth. I'm, okay. I, Shut your mouth with that. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Uh, you're probably right, which is going to be that much more frustrating. But, but as far uh, as this episode, I can't really think of. Like, I mean, I well, wish here's the more. thing: I want to talk about a couple things. Number okay. one, what? Where did we get? Where have we got from this episode? From last episode or the ones before it? I, Nowhere. Yeah. To me, like, or we've maybe moved an inch. We have not figured out who this central villain is. We have not, or if there even is, is one. We don't know. Anything definitive of the purpose of anyone's character at this point? Abar is trying to figure out how Judd died. She knows now. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that's going to be her thing. But everyone but so else does now she go after her grandfather. I guess, but she's going to go after. I'm trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. She'll want to know why and stuff. And I still don't even know how you prove that he did it. Well, I mean, there's no evidence because all she has is the memory that she wasn't supposed to have. Yeah. So that's curious, you know. But this was six, and I think there's only three episodes left. So. This is something very unique is that we don't have a central focus of a negative. This is like just telling time as it is. Yeah. You know, and so. It's like we're just watching a time span of people's lives. Well, it's. it's I don't know if this is. I hate to say it, but it's like a soap opera. Yeah. Soap opera never has one bad guy conclusion. It just continues and continues. And so far, this is going on a continue and continue Mm -hmm. pace. Um, So it's going to be interesting on that on that front. Um, and the, other, the second part is, is that it's difficult to end a continue, continue, continue if you don't know if they're what's a complete. I'd be what interested to know how, how many seasons were already greenlit because we're okay not knowing by the end of this first season, but once we get into seasons two or three, if there's if it's not leading to anything, I think that's where it becomes a problem because we still got Doctor Manhattan in the back pocket. We still got. Adrian on this uh, extra moon, and yeah. Um, so I mean, there's ways Lady True could easily become the head villain. Here's the thing: if if you know Adrian gets rescued, there's not enough episodes for him to become something of a. Not in this season. Yeah, right? that's no. what I'm saying. Like this season, like there just might not be a big bad or anything. This entire thing could purely, truly just be a. Here's the foundation. Next season's we're gonna start building the house. Yeah, and you I think that's saying? very much what we're leading towards. Um, you know, I think that a lot more police citizen and Seventh uh, Calvary is going to be brought up, and that will probably be finished by the end of the season. Not finished, like the tensions will still be in there in the next season, but for the most part, the storyline will be done. Right, and maybe the officers are able to be armed again, or something like that. By the time next season comes, Uh, I don't know. The way the preview shows makes you think that there's quite a big, another bigger rope a dope of what's going on, Mm -hmm. and so I'm very curious to see what and how that's going to change things. I I really don't know. Um, I think every like Jake says all the time is like we can predict predicting, and we're usually wrong with this show. Uh, which is fine. Yeah. Um, that, that we were right about a lot of things, but, you know, when we think about the grand scheme, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, we fumbled yeah. that. And, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of so far, nothing's happened. You know, I mean, that's also the big grand scheme of it. Yeah, other than Judd dying and them trying to figure it out, that's it. I mean, you know, of course, the Southern Calvary and their thing going on, but that's been that's been hot and cold. Yeah. So, and that's not leading us anywhere. It's not right now. I mean, like they've kind of unveiled who and what and why. They want to do something to try to get the world back in balance. What that could be, we'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, I, there's not a singular thing to say that, okay, we know which direction we're going yep. in any capacity, um, which is not a bad thing, which no. is something unique, something different. But like I say, I mean, there's a lot of people we talk to about this show. Again, thank you for the numerous, numerous, numerous emails. You guys are awesome, man. You know the uh, yeah. I mean, it's some of the best feedback we've ever had. On yeah, show. The, the social media and the feedback, man, it's just fantastic. Like man. we've gotten these numbers before and everything, but just the conversations and everything. Just thank everybody yeah, out well, there. I think everybody's just salivating for an angle to feel like they understand more of the show than the next person. 
And that's a lot of our conversations, and that, that means a lot to us. I appreciate it. Um, I wish I was more versed in the comic book thinking it would help, but I also think maybe it doesn't. So it, we'll, we'll just have to see um, how that unfolds. But, but I mean, that's why it was fun to talk about an episode due to their cinematography and things like that. You yeah, know? like visuals, the coloring, how they did it, the 360 pans. The the shots where you have multiple perspectives on the same screen and they're able to blur it and make it look good. Well, and just appreciating black and white and appreciating the color, or well, not the well, light. Yeah, the the, I, the 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 graininess and the everything. Agreed, one hundred percent. To me, visually, this was a very stunning episode. Um, but it's not something I want to see every episode. No, something. I mean, like no, when you just throw a curveball no. on something like this. They like say, like, "Oh man, I forgot how well that can look." No, and see, I enjoy this show because I got you know, through the multitude of characters, and so this was nothing but yeah, a bar. So we'll just have to see how it goes, you know. Hopefully, we don't. It's weird to like rave about that, then to say I don't want to touch this for like two or three episodes, <laughs> and it's just. But that's true. Like, don't go back to the same trope or anything. No, let's no. keep moving forward, and then absolutely see where this led to. This has to pay off. Agree, absolutely agree. Uh, guys, let us know what you think, and uh, if there's something we missed or we should have talked about, um, you know, bleedtvpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at bleedtvpodcast, same with Facebook, um, you know, and if you're enjoying the show and you haven't yet, if you can give us a positive review on your your iTunes player. Five stars, please. Five it star, great, you know, or if you would do Stitcher or Podcatcher or anything else kind of like that. Anything helps. We really appreciate it. It's just our efforts to try to make this a and then let us popular know show and free for you. And, uh, and let us know where you think this show's headed and everything because... Yeah. Most of you are not afraid to tell us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, we, we are just as excited to talk about your ideas as we are ours. So feel free to let us know. That. And amen to that. We have no problem giving you a shout out when you're right. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt at all. So... Um, yeah, you know, I'll tell you one email last week that really stunned me. They said I saw one. Jake believed that the Mar this the moon around Saturn mm-hmm. was light years away. And we had a cool cat get on there. Um I need to look up his name, I wish I had thought of it, but and he let us know that it was like forty nine light minutes away. And that, you know, time was not that big a difference and this, that, or so on, da, 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 da. And so that was a cool little nugget. What in the world is a light minute? I, news to me. But, you know, hey, you know what? He could have hey. been just blowing smoke, but. I, uh, I, I, until I, now, 49 hook, light minutes. Hook, line, and sinker <laughs> right here. Um, so, you know, hey, yeah, that's just a one little example yeah. of one of the cool emails we got. So, um, again, thank you to all. Really appreciate it. Um, we're looking forward to next week. Uh, unless you got anything else, I can recall it. I do not. This is Blue TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>